We are in John chapter 12. We'll be looking at verses 20 through 26. And as we go through the book of John, uh, John dedicates <clears throat> quite a bit of his book to the final Passion Week of Jesus. Jesus has just made his triumphant entry into Jerusalem. And he has come into Jerusalem riding on a young donkey. Fulfilling uh, Zechariah 9.9. Zechariah 9.9 says, Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just, having salvation, lowly and riding on a donkey. A colt, the foal of a donkey. The riding on a donkey <clears throat> symbolizes Jesus being a man of peace. A conquering general or a war hero would usually ride in on a stallion. And he would speak of his conquering army and so forth. But to ride on a young donkey, Jesus is declaring to all of Israel, I come to my people in peace. But the people... They want a conquering Messiah. They want a political Messiah. Someone to deliver them from the bondage that they're under from Rome. But the crowd, they're there. They're shouting, Hosanna or save now. But to a Roman soldier, they don't have any fear from a man that enters in to Jerusalem riding on a donkey. But many of the people in this crowd that are crying out Hosanna, they've heard of Jesus who just previously raised Lazarus back to life. And their hopes are on this political power of Jesus. The people, the common man on the street, they're there to see this man who has power over death. And that would attract us too, I'm sure. The Jewish leaders, however, have also come to a conclusion. And they say, look, the whole world has gone after him. This entry by Jesus leaves the Jewish leaders scrambling to stop Jesus at his very most popular moment. So let's read John 12, 20 through 26 as it, the scene changes here. Now there were certain Greeks among those who came to worship at the feast. Then they came to Philip who was from Bethesda of Galilee and asked him saying, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip came and told Andrew and in turn Andrew and Philip told Jesus. But Jesus answered them, saying, The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. He who loves his life will lose it, and he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, 
Let him follow me, and where I am, there my servants will be also. If anyone serves me, him my father will honor. This is, at best, a peculiar passage here, and it says certain Greeks. Greeks that are intrigued by the worship practice of the Jews. We don't know much about these Greeks. We don't really know the interaction that, if any, that Jesus had with them. But these Greeks, they're curious. Are they believing Greeks who have converted to Judaism? Perhaps. They could be proselytes of Jewish beliefs and worship. But perhaps some of the Jewish rules and regulations stop them, like circumcision. And however these Greeks seek out Philip, after the popular entry of Jesus into Jerusalem, Philip. Philip happened to be the only disciple with a Greek name. So the Greeks have done their homework a little bit, and they seek out Philip. And Philip goes, and he finds Andrew, and the two of them tell Jesus about these Greeks. Interestingly, Jesus is in the temple teaching every day right now. And we've heard Jesus say several times, several times when he would be pressed towards stepping forward and receiving authority, he would say, my hour has not yet come. But Jesus now says, my hour has come. So the Son of Man will be glorified. This simple statement by Jesus should have alerted his disciples of the events that are about to take place. This should have been a key. They should have been listening careful to their Lord. But interestingly enough, at the birth of Jesus, we have wise men from the east coming to Jesus. Now we are just a few hours before the cross, and we have men from the west, Greeks, and they come to seek Jesus. These Greeks have come looking for Jesus, and they come after Jesus has cleared the temple. Cleared the temple of the merchandisers and those that were making profit off of uh, the Passover meal and so forth. And Jesus has cleansed the outer court of the temple, or quote-unquote, the Gentile area of worship. I think... This is just my personal thoughts. I think these Greeks have motives of worshiping Jesus. I think they've seen enough, heard enough to worship Jesus. But Jesus now, he'll give a little teaching on how to serve him. And he says, most assuredly, and then he says, unless... Let me paraphrase that a little bit. Listen up and hear me carefully. And then he says, unless, or the only way to be of service in my kingdom, and Jesus will then give an agriculture example. 
In those days, most of your cities were walled cities, and the people would live inside the walled cities for protection, but they would usually have a little garden, a little plot outside the city walls where they would grow their grains and they would grow their vegetables. So the people are familiar with planting grains of wheat and barley, etc. <clears throat> and it's kind of reminds me that I, I have a few cows and I want to talk about my cows all the time, you know, relate to people through my cows. But I'm not the only one that has cows. The Jenkins have cows. And we have some people in our fellowship who harvest chickens. How many did they kill? 75? The Bullens, the Bullens are not here this morning. The Libbies have an egg factory. <laughs> and Stephanie... Every Saturday, you can find her down at the farmer's market selling. <laughs> so, so we are an agriculture community right here. We are. But I have a question. Why is ground beef called hamburger? I raise beef. I don't know. <laughs> See? Ponder on that one for a moment. Anyway, moving right along. Jesus uses a seed example. Seeds dying and being planted in the ground. And that grain of wheat must go into the ground and die. Then it will produce much grain. Calvary Chapel is perhaps the only church organization where a man like myself could be a pastor. Let me take you down my religious background road, my upbringing. My earliest memories revolve around being in church, and that's a rich heritage. But as I grew and matured in Christ, I saw what I considered hypocrisy. I saw in my own personal family business deals, and my mother would usually instigate these deals, and a good deal to her was only when the other person suffered. There was no good thing, you, you win, I win, no, no. The other person had to suffer. And she raised us, us kids that way. As an adult, I was once selling a car and I had at price what I considered reasonable. And this fellow come to look at it, and he picked up on the fact that I was a Christian. And he said to me, since you're a Christian, why not drop, drop the price further? And I said, I've got a question for you. Since I am a Christian, and since you are a Christian, why don't you give me more? makes sense. It's a two-way street. <laughs> and uh, needless to say, he didn't buy the car. But I was raised in a denomination where some of the pastors were not the best examples. One very, very popular pastor of a large church 
happened to be a child molester. And my mother made excuses for this pastor. And she would say things like, oh, Don, the temptation he goes through, you just would not understand. But my observing of these pastors, in particular this one pastor, it left a sour taste in my mouth. And it jaded my opinion of pastors. But as an adult, I begin to look for what I call reality. I begin to look for true belief in Christians. And God moved me from Southern California to Northern California with my business. And by this time, I had been exposed to Calvary Chapel, but I wasn't involved yet. But I enjoyed going to services where they taught line upon line, precept upon precept, and I liked that form of teaching. And in Northern California, Lori and I began to attend a small startup Calvary. And we both got involved in it. But my primary attraction to Calvary was they promote servants. That appealed to me. And for years, Lori and I led what was known as the singles group. But my pastor, he lived out the servant's example. And I needed to see that in a pastor. He was a no-nonsense, honest, godly man, and he demonstrated all the time servanthood. His name was Damien, and he was the first pastor I knew up close and personal who lived what he talked about. And that had an impact on me. And at age 52, Lori and I moved to Alabama to start a Calvary. Yeah, boy. And by the grace of God, here we are, this mega church on Teresa Drive. We're at the end of so it's all right. Don't you love that entry you come through? Never mind. We come up here. We got five acres here, and it's ours. <laughs> but back to Jesus' words. If we die to our own will and desires, we will produce much fruit. Jesus goes on to say in verse 25, He who loves his life will lose it, and he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Now, this is a comparison verse. Jesus doesn't really mean hate and so forth. He's comparing the two. If we love God in comparison to loving life and self-interest, if we hate or disdain life in comparison to God's kingdom and the eternal life, we will produce much fruit or, in this example, much grain. Sooner or later, as Christian, we must consider or lose the me-first attitude. you got to do it. True Christianity says lay down your life. And we have to lay down the me-first 
attitude. I long for the day when presented with a new thought or concept, my first concern is not how it affects me. Do you ever go there? Well, how does that affect me? <laughs> These Greeks who desired to meet and see Jesus have found Jesus at the very hour that Jesus will suffer the cross. The timing of God is impeccable. At that very hour, all of humanity will be given an opportunity for eternal life. Up until this hour, salvation was limited to being a Jew and seeking God through the Jewish faith. That was how you became a believer, was through the Jewish faith. And Jesus is within hours of the cross for all of mankind. And Jesus has a final word for all of mankind, Greeks, Gentiles, Jews. If anyone, that's a great whosoever, if anyone serves me, let him follow me, and where I am, there my servants will be also. Jesus is telling those who will hear him, simply follow my own example, lay down your life, and serve me. And he says, if you will do that, my Father God will honor you. These Greeks have just heard, whether directly or through one of the disciples like Philip, Jesus has very pointedly explained how to serve him. And the reward is eternal life. Or, in fact, being honored by God. To receive God's honor, what a trade-off. It's more than worth dying to my self-interest to receive honor from God. And if you're like myself, I long to hear from the lips of Jesus on that resurrection day, well done, my good and faithful servant. Our world's interests and riches won't matter much then, but will we hear from Jesus, well done, my good and faithful servant. So, be that grain of wheat that falls into the ground. Allow Jesus to bring forth great fruit, great fruit that God can honor himself in your life. Amen? Amen. Let me get you to stand. We'll close in prayer. Father God, we pray that you would help us get outside of ourselves. May we begin to look upon you more and more. May you occupy our subconscious mind. May your spirit dwell in us and lead us and guide us into dying to our own self-interest. Lord, let us love you with a complete love. Let us love you because you're so right, you're so genuine, you're so kind. And all you want to do 
is bless us with eternal life. So, Lord, may we look upon our trials and tribulations as we go through our daily lives. May we just see them as preparation for you and your kingdom. So, Lord, lead us by your Spirit into good works. And, Lord, May we not complain when we got to die to ourselves and die to our own selfish desires. May we gladly lay them down for your benefit, for your glory, and be a true servant of you, Jesus. This is our prayer, and we pray in your name. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord may